Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? It's time for the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, and we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $100 when you sign up. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening. Today, I have a pair of guests for you. First joining me, I have Anthony Galavis from the Fresno Bee. He's going to discuss everything he knows about that Devontae Adam, Derek Carr connection. And he also takes us back to a weekend ago when Derek Carr gave back to the Fresno community with the DC Care for Kids event. Also joining me on the show, I've got from Shadow Ridge High School, the coach of the championship girls flag football team. His name is Matt Nicewanger. He's going to come on and join me and speak all about how the Raiders have helped the girls and girls flag football foundations uh, do big things in the community, including getting a combine event for them and get some attention from some national scouts that might recruit them in the future. So we'll get in to all of that and more right here on the takeaways edition of the Vegas nation podcast. But first let's hear from Anthony Galavis from the Fresno Bee. Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time to join me here today. Again, it's Anthony Galavis from the Fresno Bee, who was out last weekend covering the Derek Carr DC Care for Kids event over at the Valley Children's Hospital with Fresno. Uh, I wanted to just, first of all, get your take on what it was like to be at this event and see Derek Carr giving back to the Fresno community. He was so excited to be back in Fresno because, of course, you know, the pandemic hit, you know, everywhere in 2020. And for him to come back out here, he was just ecstatic to, you know, to meet up with the fans, uh, Valley Children's Healthcare, uh, because he's been so supportive of the healthcare since uh, his son was in, in the hospital. He needed multiple surgeries and uh, and it's been, it was tough on the car and even on Heather. And for him to come out here and show his support and his genero- generosity towards Valley Children has been amazing. Um, for him to get together with the DC for kids supporters who, who matches funds any every touchdown he throws, he he loves meeting with his fans and to interact even if it's for like ten seconds because it's quick. It's a snap. Like you're online, you come up and you say hello, you shake hands with Derek, and you take a photo with him. And and that's the lasting memory that Derek has with fans. And and it works same way with fans who I got a picture with Derek Carr. I got proof right here and they're excited. And he, he, he just talked about how great it is to see people without masks, you know, since, cause all of us had to wear yeah. masks yeah. in the first year 2020 and, you know, so in 2021 and now it's like, he's able to see faces and he just to see Derek's face, you know, in Fresno at Valley Twitter's one day, he donated 75,000 toward a playground. And then he followed that up with a, with the evening event. Uh, at a private uh, home where he got to meet over a hundred fans. Um, I waited there for the longest time because I want the fans to, to enjoy the time with Derek. You know, I'll have my time with him. It's all about you guys. It's kind of the same thing. Cause when the first year when on the zoom, we did a zoom thing on the, you know, with Derek, because you just couldn't do it because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the one, the host asked me, Hey, Anthony, you want to ask Derek any question? I'm like, no, uh, you guys, this is all you guys. I'll let you guys, not let you guys, but you guys should be interacting with them. I'm just here to listen in. 
So he just, you know, he's always happy to meet up with fans, even for like a set of 10 seconds, one-on-one. I can't imagine what it's like for any family to have to go through everything that Carr's family did with their son. And just what does this mean to anybody that's trying to be able to support their child's health? How much does this mean that he's been able to do this for the community and give back to people who might not otherwise be able to get the care that they need? Well, when he was in, uh, obviously when his, uh, when Dallas was born, that was his latter years at Fresno State. So he had to break away from practice um, and just to go out to the hospital and see what's going on. Uh, It was tough on him and Heather. Um, They wonder what's going to happen to Dallas, Um, you know, but they had, they they had faith in the, in the workers there, you know, they put all their trust in them. Like, Hey, you know, get our son, right. You know, we, we, you know, we need him. And that's why he, that's why you go back here. We are in 2022. Those were a number of years ago, but yet he still holds them to his heart. Like, you guys saved my son's life. You know, I thank you. You know, he, he means a lot to us. Derek was mentioning that when he wakes up every morning to go to practice at 4 a.m., he's like, he's expecting to see Dallas, but he doesn't see Dallas because Dallas is still sleeping. But when he comes home, he's, when, once he first, once he sees Dallas, he's excited. You know, he's like, you know, my boy's healthy, you know, and it was a, it was a trying time during that time, especially, you know, obviously, you know, it was a lot of, uh, how you say it, a distraction for him, you know, at Fresno mm-hmm. State, you know, like, oh, I got to play on the field, but also I got, I got a son who who needs me. And so, yeah, as he mentioned, he goes, Heather was the one that was just, you know, it, it was tough on her, you know, 100%. In the same way with Derek, but, you know, he was there because they, they treated Heather well, the, the doctors and the nurses, they treated her well. And they promised like, hey, you know, we'll take care of him. He'll be all right. And here we are in 2022 eight years old, you know, running around, enjoying life. Yeah, that's great. It's wonderful what he is able to do and how he's able to give back to the community that helped him so much. Now, getting into what else uh, we know of Fresno State, Derek Carr, uh, his alma mater with Devontae Adams, obviously, they're paired back up together. What do you remember about their glory days and the chemistry that you saw back in the day when they're at Fresno State in 2013? Uh, yeah, that was the instant connection before those two. And excuse that noise of some reason. Uh, <laughs> okay. alarms. Um, you know, so I was, so I was talking to some of their former players or teammates, excuse me, you know, Derek and Devante. And the first thing that they noticed was like, wow, they hit it off first time they met. And ever since that first time they met, it just carried, you just carried on on the field, you know, whether it's on the field or off the field. Those two always had a connection since 2013, 2012. With Devontae Rescher one year, and then he played his last two years at Fresno State. Even in that Rescher year with Devontae had, Derek and him got together, and they still got to, you know, it just, hey, run some routes for me. Let's do this and that. And all of the former teammates were just like, they're just amazed. Like, wow, look at those guys. You know, they're, they hit it off really well. And it translated onto the field where you saw that, Devontae had a number of touchdowns his first year, then the final year where he had like, what, um, 24 touchdowns about? Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, so he finished a two-year career with 38 touchdowns at Federal State, all from Derek Carr, you know? And, I mean, it's just a hard work that they have together off the field. I mean, when when Derek talked about, you know, we work out a lot, it's true. You know, they do it a lot, even at Federal State, you know? I've always wondered, you know, because I, I don't know, and I always want to be wanting to check to see. 
are they going to come back to Fresno and work out with some of the Fresno State players? Um, they've done that before, actually. So I remember one year Devontae showed up. Derek wasn't here, but Devontae just was there with the sun uh, with the sunglasses, and he was wearing some uh, some chains. But he was there to support the players that were there. And so and there was one year where Derek showed up and Devontae wasn't there. So they always come back to Fresno because they show their appreciation. Like, hey, yeah. this is a, this is a started you know our connection together. And it, it's just been amazing. And to be honest with you, I never thought that they'll be teammates ever again. And, and it just, I was surprised when the trade happened. Right. When it came to Devontae Adams coming to the Raiders, a lot of people thought at first it was going to happen. It was a lot of optimism. Then there was the period of, no, it's not. He's tendered. He's going to go back to the Packers. But then the trade happens, like you said. If you could just think back and reminisce to what you saw with them in Fresno State, how quickly do you think they'll just kind of reinvent that magic that they had together on the field then? When people wonder, are they going to have that instant connection like they had in Fresno State? I really believe they will. I mean, They've been working out even when Derek was in Oakland and then when Devontae was in Green Bay. They still got together somehow and worked out, run routes, and because they love working with each other. They love working up, you know, together. But now they're in Vegas. They both, because when Derek told me, like, okay, you know, we did it because we love working out together, but now we have a different goal now. We have, you know, we're in Vegas together. We need to do this. Don't think that, you know, because we're together, expect instant uh, success. It may take a little bit of time, but I just think that that trust that they have together um, is just going to carry over to Vegas and fans are going to be seen. We'll see that, wow, this is what happened at Federal State? Because here at Federal State, people just like, when, when you look, when you think of Federal State back in those years, you think of Derek and Devontae. And not to say that Derek didn't have any other receivers, because he did, oh. because he had Josh Harper. He had Marcel Jensen, who went to the NFL. Um, Isaiah Burst, who went to the Broncos. You know, Derek had a lot of weapons here at Fresno State. I mean, it was kind of kind of like he's, how he has it in Vegas now with Hunter, Darren, you know, the list goes on. I mean, it's the same thing happened at Fresno State, you know. But the thing is, he could always count on Devontae to get wide open or even beat his uh, defensive back or even the safety. Uh, and Derek just trusted him where he just threw the ball up and he knew that Devontae would just come down and get it. And once he come down to get it, whether it be in the end zone or maybe 10 yards away, Devontae always found the end zone between him and Derek because Derek trusted him, you know, slant, whatever, you know, even the red zone. Throw it up, Devontae will jump up, he'll grab it. And, uh, you know, I, I expect to see that in Vegas. And there should be a lot of highlight reels coming. It feels like for every season that Derek Carr has been a Raider, there's a love-hate relationship with him, with fans. People obviously either love him or hate him. Do you think we've already seen the best version of Derek Carr, or is it still to come? Oh, of course. Uh, there's best uh, The best version of Derek Carr is still out there. You know, um, you saw glimpses of that. 2016, his MVP year before he got injured. Uh, who knows where that, that Raider team would have ended it up, you know, because – Everybody was talking about AFC Championship because the Patriots and could have happened if it wasn't for that injury. But, you know, obviously injuries happen in the NFL. Uh, but I really believe that Derek, um, I, I really believe that there's a lot more to see from Derek. Um, and the, part of it is, you know, as you, as you notice, you know, they always been trying to get him a number one receiver. Although, you know, when they had Amari Cooper and Michael Cashy 2016, 2017, 
ever since, it's like this hard part to bring in a top receiver for him. I mean, they tried it with Antonio Brown, and that, that never worked. <laughs> Meltdown. <laughs> but, but it made it work, you know, with what he had. Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro this past season. Yeah. Um, you know, look at uh, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, he did pretty good with Derek. Yeah. So, so with Devontae, you know, Derek finally has his top number one receiver that he's been longing for. And I posed that question to him on Friday, you know, about that, like, wow, you know, you had all these years without a top receiver, although you did have Crabtree and uh, Cooper. Now you have, you know, Devontae. And that's when he goes, yeah, but we still haven't proved anything yet. You know, and he's looking forward to getting on the field with Devontae, whether it be the first preseason game or the first game against the Chargers. We're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'll be joined by Shadow Ridge girls flag football coach, Matt Neiswanger. He's going to talk again all about what the Raiders have done. Uh, he's part of the Nevada. He's a president of the Southern Nevada flag football coaches association. And the Raiders teamed up with him to put on an all-star game and combine at Allegiant stadium. So stay tuned right here on the takeaways edition of the Vegas nation podcast. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. I'm here speaking with Shadow Ridge coach girl of the girls flag football team uh, that is doing so many great things and has actually um, been a part of what the Raiders are trying to grow in the community as well. And with me now is coach Matt Nicewanger, who uh, is joining me here. You're the president of the Southern Nevada flag football coaches association. The Raiders had teamed up to do this uh, weekend long all-star game and combine. I would just love, first of all, if you could just kind of break down with that experience is like for you oh for sure yeah it was great uh so helpful the Raiders to be able to do that we really wouldn't be able to do as much as we did without them it was great the girls were able to do uh, the combine like you were talking about they had professional timers there and they did went through all the combine thing drills like 40 yard dash t-drill vertical jump wow and we all yeah exactly and for them to be able to get that professional timing and um you know, to, they, they also created a profile form that they can send to college coaches and use that for recruitment because it's a college level sport now as well. And we also had some time that evening to do a, some skills competitions and drills with the young ladies and then the all-star game. It was a really fun festive night. We had all three classifications going on at the same time with the all-star game, the 3A, 4A, and 5A teams. So it was really fun to, to be able to do that, especially coming out of COVID and coming out of um, not as many opportunities for these young people to, to be out there participating and competing against each other. In those opportunities, I understand that there were people from five states, from Alabama, Nevada, and all over. Uh, what was it like to kind of see, first of all, how much this is growing for the young athletes and also just getting the opportunity to kind of get a grasp of what the other talent is like out in the other states? Yeah, abs absolutely. I mean, the growth, since I've been involved, it's exponential. And, um, you know, we are in a unique position here in Nevada where we have it as a state sanctioned sport. And so 
like you were bringing up, a lot of these states are reaching out to us here in Nevada, trying to emulate our success here because the sport has grown so much. We also, this year, we were able to um, have a team from Florida come to our practice. They were here for um, the flag tournament during the NFL Pro Bowl. And, um, you know, again, just with the growth of the sport, I've been in contact with some of the coaches in Florida and they came and watched one of our practices and even participated with us for a while. Arizona's trying to expand it. Georgia's finally getting, I believe Georgia is going to have it at the sanction of the state level in the next year or two. So yeah, the growth has been exponential. And like you said, um, people from several states of the combine, coaches from all over the place. So really it is growing, not just here in Las Vegas, Nevada, but around the country. That's really fantastic because I think like it's also growing in colleges, like you were mentioning, and just the amount of growth, if you can grow from one state to the next, what would that mean to you being able to watch something like this become more available to the Girls Football Association? Oh, it would be awesome. Um, you know, sometimes when I travel or if I meet um, other coaches from outside Nevada and I tell them I do flag football, their first comment is, oh, powder puff. and I'm like, no, 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 it's definitely not powder puff. <laughs> you know, my girls would get upset at that as well. It's a, yeah. it's football and there it's, there's contact out there. It's what you hear in Nevada. Our rules are, are a little bit tougher than some of the other states. We allow blocking and everything like that. And it is really competitive, but back to your question a little bit, um, it would just be great. It, you know, it would give it a little bit more legitimacy maybe if the more states were doing it. And again, like we were bringing up earlier, uh, just an ability to compare themselves to other states where, you know, Nevada, I, I think we do well in a lot of other sports. And I think as it grows, we're going to really be able to show the country how good Nevada is at flag football. especially. So. so as I understand it, this is the second straight year that the Raiders have helped and partnered with the Southern Nevada mm -hmm. Flag Football uh, Coaches Association to be able to kind of give you guys the area and a platform in which to hold these combine events and to get these girls together. How has that helped to grow this sport and to get others that might be involved or just kind of on the cuff say, hey, you know what, let's go down to Allegiant. What's that been like with the relationship with the Raiders? Oh, for sure. It's been phenomenal. I really, I can't say enough uh, good things about what the Raiders have done for the sport and for the young women in town for, for that. It, it really, it, it elevates it uh, to another level. I mean, it, being able to talk to the media about it, being able to, to push this out, that it's still, that it's going on. As soon as the Raiders name is attached to it, it gains some credibility and it's elevated instantly from that. So yeah, I really, I can't thank them enough. They, they've been really good about giving out coaches of the week for flag football as well. Um, they, they came out to several schools this season and delivered, donated money to the programs and brought some of the Raiderettes and some of their alumni. And for each school that they went to, that was phenomenal. They also did Players of the Week where they had the, some of the young women come down to a game for the Raiders and they were honored at the game. Um, during the draft this year as well, we had some flag football girls on stage during the first round. So yeah, the, the credibility and the, the level and the exposure that we get with the Raiders name has been phenomenal. And, and their generosity too. We, I really, I mean, they spent a lot of time and effort. A lot of times you hear organizations or groups talk about, okay, we're going to promote equity in sports and yeah. it's just lip service. But the Raiders are really, they're putting a lot of time and effort and financial support behind that. So I can't think of enough for that.
I love that you said that equity in sports and my father is a coach, but he came out of the basketball uh, coaching family. And okay. uh, I, I was just kind of his nut tomboy daughter that we didn't have these outlets then. You know, if I wanted to play, it was a turkey bowl, um, you know, with my cousins or, yeah. you know, hey, stand here while I pretend I'm ravishing Rick Rude and hit you with the clothesline, you know. So <laughs> have these girls be able to get this opportunity from a coaching standpoint, from your viewpoint, mm. what is that? Um, like just as somebody that is a mentor to others to be able to kind of give these girls an, another avenue to be able to grow as athletes? Oh, it, it really is great. And, you know, I'm a teacher as well, and I, I help with the, the boys football program in my school as well. So it's, it's really fun for me to see both sides, coaching the, the males in the fall and then the females in the, in the winter. And, it, it does do a lot for the young women. I, they gain a lot of self-confidence from it and they learn a lot of things from it. I mean, football, well, any sport, if you're doing a varsity level sport, you have to give up a lot of things. You're, you're giving up time with friends and family and you're giving up jobs and, and they really, they learn to sacrifice. They learn to sacrifice for the better of the team. And I think that's a good lesson to learn throughout life and the memories you create and the relationships you build. It's hard to, to gain that outside of the sports world. And one of my girls at, at the end of the season this year, she was talking about how fun it is for girls to be able to play football and they do it and they're great at it and watching them do that and watch them, watch their confidence grow from that. It really is awesome. It's a, it, it's added a lot to my career and you know, that's part of why I do all this as a teacher and a coach, but it does help make it worth, worth all the time and effort. That's fantastic stuff. Uh, uh, over at Shadow Ridge, uh, I think I read that Nevada was the uh, the state with the second most amount of mm. girls football teams. So what's the average season like over at Shadow Ridge? Like how many games is it? How does it, you know, how does the season go about? Yeah, um, we usually around uh, for, at the varsity level, we're between 20 and 25 games, depending on how well we do in the state tournament. Um, during the season, you're playing two, sometimes three games a week. We try not to do three games a week if we can help with the scheduling because that's busy for everyone and a lot of late nights for the student athletes. But um, we start, tryouts are always around Veterans Day in November. And then, you know, this past season, we went to the state championship. So that lasted until February 22nd. So it's about three months. We do usually give them about a week off um, over Christmas break, but we got to get back to it after that. And, you know, really gets busy mid mid January to February in playoffs. I mean, yeah, with the level of competition rising, and you know, as a coach, you have to step up your game too on a lot of film, a lot of scouting, and so it is really busy that last month of the season. Like with like this year, we had 24 games, so you know, it definitely is a a grind, and it's a lot of work for the for the young women and a lot of time and effort. But it goes by fast. I mean, as soon as you get into season, it's like whoa whirlwind and yeah once it once you finally get to the to the end of it you're like you can take a deep breath so just one more for you just for oh, yeah. my own satisfaction in knowing this um my father used to say that he 
would gravitate if the openings were there towards coaching young ladies or women, because he's thought that they were so much more hungry, not that men aren't, but more hungry to absorb, more hungry to learn, really wanting to get in there and prove something. Have you found that to be true within your experiences as well? Yeah, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with how much they absorb everything. And, you know, I think from the football perspective, a lot of the young men, when they get to high school, they played football for somebody else or they've done something else. So sometimes, you know, as a coach, when I'm coaching them in high school, they have other things that have been taught to them. And sometimes there might be a defense mechanism or just, oh, it's different from what I've been taught. Most of these young women haven't played football until they get to high school. And so being their first coach, they, I think that makes a difference as well. They haven't had any other coaching. Um, but they, I I think you bring up a great point. They really are hungry for it, and they love the coaching, and they take it, they absorb it. You know, we, we talk quite a bit. I'm a male coach, obviously, and, um, you know, for the males, you just tell them what to do, and they generally do it. Um, for the females, as a lot of times in life, you have to tell them the why behind it. <laughs> and, <laughs> but when, when you do tell them the why and you're not showing them that it does, it's not just for fun, it's, hey, here's the reasoning behind it. They do really soak it in and they're, they're hungry to, to know more about the sport and to grow. And it, it really is, a, I've been pleasantly surprised by that level. Okay, last one, really, the real last question. <laughs> when, okay. when, when the girls come in and they start kind of processing about the sport, what it is. And like you said, some of them come in, they don't know much, like, you know, do they know, uh, you know, depending on how many girls you have out there um, from on the field, like, do they know, oh, this is a three, four defensive package this is a four, three front that kind of stuff. Like, uh, how is it that, you know, when the levels, when girls come in, is it mostly, do you find like, knowing the vernacular and things are things you need to teach or is it that they kind of already have a grasp of what's a blitz or you know things like that well you really do have to teach it yeah um, a lot of times they don't know what a blitz is or the difference between a, a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back and so we, we don't we have we're seven on seven so it's generally on the defense just linebackers corners and safeties but mm -hmm. you know they really do have to know what a cover one is and what a cover two is. And they have to know that, but within the first few weeks, and if they aren't able to grasp that, it's going to be hard for them to play a lot. And same with on offense. I mean, we're going to have different blocking schemes and we're going to run different routes and have different formations. So you, you do spend a lot of time up front coaching or teaching them the sport, but that's part of the fun too. Cause like you said, they do really have a hunger to, to get to know what this game's all about. And I think that's one of the, most enjoyable things as well for family members. And I was joking about this with Miles. Um, you, you, you were, we're growing a whole new group of football fans. Somebody else you can watch a game with. They know what first downs are. Now. They know what blitz is. They know what safeties are. They know what interceptions are. They know all that stuff because they have to. And we definitely do have to teach all that. Thank you, everybody, again so much for listening. And a big thanks to both of my guests, Matt Nicewanger, as well as Anthony Galavis. I have a ton of stuff coming up for you here, so you're going to want to make sure that you keep up with all that I'm putting out here on VegasNation.com. And thank you again, everyone, so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Local 
locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.